Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, a premium independent podcast where we provide a premium fan experience. Hosted by Blaine Pudnay, Treg Wilson, and Matt Smith. Our goal is to give you informative, honest hockey discussion and entertainment. If you were talking about it, so are we. Do you have a moose near the caboose that needs to be tamed? I'm talking hairy, big, and need some support. Thankfully, our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Baluga! Did you hear that? That's your moose asking for Manscaped. Manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created the Lawnmower 3.0. The premium Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray, both super practical and they smell great too. Plus, For a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. The Manscaped Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs might be one of my favorite parts of this collection. The Manscaped Boxer Briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. The waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing. Plus, when your girl sees this logo, she knows she's got a real Manscaped man. Pair these boxer briefs with their pH-balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver, and you're ready for anything. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford. There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you, No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. And welcome to the 100th ever episode of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putvey, and I am joined now by my founding co-host, Treg, the villain Hammer Wilson. What's up, everybody? Matt Smith is unavailable this week, as apparently the Air Force does work, which is uh, news to pretty much everybody, especially the Air Force. (laughs) So, Matt, we miss you. We miss your beard. And because this is a Zoom call, we miss your good looks. So it's just me staring at Treg, 
sucking back a protein shake. Literally. Yeah, literally. In pure I, Navy fashion. I just came from the gym, so. Yeah, sure you did. <laughs> you look all swole and stuff. Look at you. I try. Yeah, it was I, leg day today. Oh, <laughs> one a month. <laughs> <laughs> Working on them, the chicken legs. Trying. So, like I said, it's our 100th episode. It's our 100th episode. And uh, if we go back, uh, when it all started, as I, we were working for a, uh, a shitty uh, Habs, uh, I shouldn't say that. We were working for a Habs website. And, uh, well, Blaine was, and then I got on. Biggest mistake of my life. And then uh, I brought the idea up to Blaine to put a podcast out. Hey, let's do a podcast. Blaine was like, yeah, sure. Sure. Why not? Let's give <laughs> Why it a not? Let's try it. How we do it? I have no idea. I don't know how we do it. And What's a podcast? <laughs> and then uh, we brought it to the people that we were writing for. Uh, and they said, yeah, it's a great idea. Kind of tried to steal it from us. And then uh, anyway, long story short, uh, we had ideas that didn't mix with the the Trump like leader of this website. And uh, anyway, we went out on our own and here we are a hundred episodes later, um, always improving the show. We went from uh, just recording on, uh, geez, I don't even remember how we first started recording on our phones. Yeah. Just on our phones. And then, yeah, you recorded on your phone and then put it into a little mixer that uh, Blaine had on his computer there. Uh, and then uh, now we're do Zoom, better sound quality. So anyone starting out a web, uh, a podcast, go with Zoom. Zoom works pretty good. And we throw it on Anchor, and Anchor puts it out to everywhere for us. And that's why we have the Anchor commercials. Uh, and uh, we have a few little sponsors. Manscaped came along and sponsored us. No Name Hockey. Uh, and it just grew Seat and grew giant. And grew. Seat Giant. Seat Giant. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it just grew and grew. And, and if anyone else wants to sponsor us, McLean's Pub, we're looking at you. Uh, <laughs> you can, we'll, uh, uh, we'll take payment and free fireball shots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, sure. Come along. Um, we just did it for fun. We still just do it really for fun. Uh, it started out with just Blaine and I, and then Matt joined in. And uh, it just snowballed from there. Now we're, what, 2,500 followers on our main uh uh, thereabouts. thereabouts uh, main page. More importantly, we made some really good friends in the uh, podcast yeah. community. There's a ton of great podcasts out there. Not just Montreal Canadiens podcast, but every team. Uh, yeah, we uh, and, that, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up was uh, we're not in competition with other podcasts. Uh, our Although, old because people, you know, it's, our it's, old, it's not what the, that's about. No, our old people that we were with always thought everyone was in competition, but uh, we're not. Uh, we get along very well with uh, the the boys at uh, uh, Have a Listen, uh, Offside Hockey, who's Toronto fans, so they're a bit Which weird. Is, you know, it's it's a little weird. It's, it's a little, little weird. weird. But uh, and we're actually talking about having a crossover with Offside, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, just calling you out, calling you he's, out. He's calling you out, Offside. Like when we win the Canadian division, and you guys are wondering what happened. Don't say we didn't tell you. Uh, um, you know, uh, then there's Happy Hour. There's uh, uh, Hot Sauce Podcasts, uh, Red Light Podcasts. Man, there's all – I mean, Hot Sauce does all sports. Uh, Red Light does all sports. There's uh, – Yeah, and even if, if we don't mention a show, it's not because yeah. we don't think it's less just, of you guys. It's we're, Our memories suck. Yeah, we drink a lot. And, yeah, that we're sailors. That's how it works. So – you know, it's just great to be a part of a community like that. And hockey, the hockey writers who now uh, have hired us on, they've included our podcast on their, their streaming services, along with podcasts from other teams. And we work with them. So it's, it's, uh, it's a great little community. I'm ha- we're having a great time. I'm having fun. You know, <clears throat> I, get to, I get to pick on you without being uh, given harassment charges. So that's always a bonus. Well, it's coming. I mean, if, if you need the name of a qualified harassment advisor, I'm your man. I have the course as well. Yeah. No one's picked me to help them yet because 
it's really frivolous. Well, <laughs> so we I'll just the- harass. I'll harass them about complaining about being harassed. So, well, we took the courses just to see how far we can go. Like, oh, that's the line. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop right there. I don't. <laughs> oh, that's the line. I'm making a new one. Yeah. But anyway, people, uh, we'll just to continue on. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, every show we get a bigger following. Every episode that goes on we love your feedback uh negative or positive it doesn't matter to us we have uh, big shoulders and no feelings so uh that's not true i feel hungry sometimes well yeah and uh so keep bringing it on uh thank you for coming in and all the guests that we have i want to thank goes craig button john lou uh mike weaver uh brian mudrick uh, mark dumont all these guys who, who've come on the show and uh, uh, talk to us. Uh, and I'm hoping to have many more come on. So uh, that's about all I can say. And if anyone, I have had a few DMs, people ask me about starting a podcast, do it. Just do it. Anchor will put it out to any p- podcast thing you want to do. If you can find something else to do it, go ahead. Uh, I'm not just saying go with Anchor, but that's what we use and it works well. Uh, and just do it. Have fun with it and go with it. And doing a show, uh, doing a podcast. I mean, if you want to do one, go ahead. Um, if you're worried about whether or not people are going to listen to you, then, you know, that's not don't, something you should care don't about. Don't do it. Yeah. I yeah, mean, because you can look at numbers, but in the end, it doesn't matter. As long as you're having fun. It, it's for, for now, it's a, it's a pastime. It's a hobby. It might grow into something more for some people, but you should just look at it as mm-hmm. you sharing your passion with others. Just like, you know, going on message boards and trolling each other. Well, Treg and I just come here and troll each other. That's true. Um, and on one of our guests, John Liu, I'd just like to pass on again, our condolences to him uh, on his family's loss. Uh, if you follow John, you know what's going on. Um, I spoke to John this week and it is a difficult time for him and his family. So we want to send our condolences and uh, hope, hope, uh, hope the grieving process doesn't take forever yeah it's been a tough it's been a tough go for john the last little while with covid and now with what happened and uh our thoughts are with you john always and uh, take care and uh we hope uh we hope to see you and uh hear you on tsn again soon so for this week's show now that we're we've gone through the little moment of uh back padding that's my uh that's my yoga for the week oh and by the way we uh we made it to the top 20 in four continents just throwing it out there oh jesus that is treg's yoga for the week (laughs) i said we we yeah as a show yeah so uh we may as well just get jump right in here there's not a lot going on it's an off season uh, Bergevin is, I don't know, he's on a beach somewhere doing push-ups. He's getting ready for the arm wrestling contest. Yeah, I don't think he needs to train much. <laughs> He'll kill you. Um, yeah, right. there's, yeah, that's why we're at the gym. <laughs> doing legs. <laughs> Working on your Kegels. <laughs> um yeah, there's not a heck of a lot going on. I mean, uh, a couple of the, the uh, European leagues are on. The NCAA is now on. Um, so, I mean, we've been watching Caulfield now for a couple of weeks. What do you think? Uh, <clears throat> I think I'm happy, actually, because uh, Caulfield's showing that he has more to him. He's shown he's more one, uh, more than just a one-dimensional player. But he hasn't uh, scored a goal yet. It's been three games. He's a bust. It's- time to panic it's four games four games four oh my yeah. god i can't i can't however take it. he's third in scoring in the in the ncaa and uh because he has four assists <laughs> um he's getting his chances uh last night's game he had two incredible chances uh he's just and he's looking frustrated when he goes back to the bench he slammed his stick a few times coming back to the bench and i like that i like that passion it means you know what I mean? Like he, he knows he's almost right there. He's hit a few belly pads when he's doing his shots, but uh, it'll come. He's a goal scorer. Uh, I don't like his deployment on the power play. I think that's kind of, uh, I don't know. I'm not the coach, but if I were, I wouldn't be putting him on the point. I'd be putting him down on the, uh, 
the hash marks are on the dot, <clears throat> sort of like Ovechkin's office. And uh, but yeah, he's getting a point per game. He's playing well. He's back checking. He's uh, <clears throat> he's fighting for the puck. He's getting in the corners. He's doing all the small things correct. And uh, that's what I like to see. I already know he can score goals, so I want to see the rest of his game. And that's what we're seeing right now. Well, he made that one uh, in the last game that they played there. They lost uh, 2-1 to Michigan. He made that one play along the blue line. He walked across the blue line, uh, cut cut in hard to create a little bit of a gap, created a passing lane cross uh, cross ice where he just did a backhand pass tape to tape for, uh, for his brother to score the open goal. Like it was just a beautiful play that he generated based on his spatial awareness and his skating. So you can see his playmaking, his playmaking ability is growing. Um, and what was it? Two games before that in the second game that he played, he just got lit up. And <laughs> I don't care what Notre anyone Dame. says. That was a clean hit. Yeah. I don't the care shoulder, what anyone says. So for those who didn't see it, Caulfield was cutting across from the uh, the face-off dot on his weak side, cutting mm-hmm. to the center, where he created a, he he generated a scoring chance. He got the shot off. Um, he just missed the just missed the top side, and just as he let uh, released his shot, <laughs> one of the Notre Dame defenders came across, lowered his shoulder right into Caulfield's chest, just blew him up. Yeah. So it and- was a clean hit. But it shows that he can take a hit because he came back. He he left the game for a few minutes, came back, and he was good to go. He was good to go uh, the following week there now yeah. against uh, Michigan. So, well, he 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 was on the bench for a little bit, sucking wind because yeah, he got oh, the wind knocked out. It, it was it was a great. <clears throat> hit. It's like Scott Stevens on Paul Correa. That's kind of what it was like. What not on the head? Not on the head, but back in the days when you know checking was a thing. Yeah, and the guy got a misconduct hit. for it because there was contact to the head, but it wasn't the initial contact. Personally, I don't think he should have got a penalty for it, but whatever. I thought it was a good open ice hit. And, and um, for those who saw the the quick little replay in slow motion, if you're watching it in slow motion, the hit took less than one second to arrive. Hmm. So for those saying that it might have been a late hit. If you count one one thousand in slow motion and don't reach one one thousand while it's in slow motion, that means it's not a late hit. And I mean, he was released. The guy set up to hit him before he even started releasing the shot. Yeah, it, he just hit him after the shot was released. It's not. A, I mean, no one's going to agree who really doesn't want to agree, so it doesn't really matter. But in my opinion, and I've watched a lot of hockey because I'm old as fuck. Uh, in my opinion. Clean hit, good hit. Wasn't late. Wasn't on the head. Good now, hit. It, you can we can argue until the cows come home whether or not it's clean, dirty, late, whatever. But in the these kinds of hits happen every game in the NHL. So how with he reacts people. with bigger players, faster players, stronger players. So it's important for him to face that kind of adversity and figure out how to avoid moments like that. I don't think he's going to avoid going to the front of the net because he loves scoring. So he did he, and he came back in Michigan and didn't, uh, didn't shy away. No, he didn't. So. He's not changing his style. So all he has to do now is be, be um, it's part of his development, learning how to be more aware of his surroundings and where they are and knowing that <clears throat> when he has the puck, he is the target. Well, keep your head up kid. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> He will learn. He even said it after the game. <laughs> he said, I don't know if it was clean or dirty, but it hurt. And I'm going to have to be aware from, the, uh, from now on. So if anything, it did, it did the Canadians a favor. Yep. Uh, and, and people who just change the subject, people are worried that he hasn't scored yet. He's a point per game player. <clears throat> He's creating the offense for the team. West, Wisconsin won their first two games, but they're not – really that great a team. There's not a lot of talent on that team. There's him, there's Holloway and Wiseback, I think. Yeah. And that's about it. Wiseback who leads the league tied with, uh, I just had it up here. He leads the league in scoring with seven points. Caulfield has four. Yeah. His, the goals will come. Don't worry about the goals. The goals will come. He's getting his chances and he's, his he's chances. just missing on just his, missed, yeah. yeah. 
he's had a few belly pads, so he's just a little bit off on his. Uh, but then, it, I mean, he's been sitting around for the last how many months? Yeah. So and skill guys take a little longer to get uh, to get warmed up because. Yeah, when you're a sniper, it takes a little while to zero in your weapon. I predict the cock and the emig effect. He's, 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 oh, this is a segue, by the way. <gasps> he's had a slow Teamless. start, but one that once the floodgates open, uh, he'll he'll be back to what he was last year. And speaking of floodgates and slow starts, Yesperi Kotka Yanemi. I haven't screwed up that name in years, but now here we are. Months, days even. Yeah, a couple hours. Um, I'm going to take down that hasn't screwed up a name thing (laughs) down from 10 to zero. Hotka Niemi. Anyway, uh, he had a slow start. uh, First four games or something, never had a point. And now he has uh, five points in six games. So He is now one of the top ice getters for porno ass. Porno ass. Hey, you took my, you stole my thunder, Blaine. I did. Uh, so, uh, your ass thunder. Ass porn. Uh, the team he plays on, porno ass. Um, he uh, had a slow start, but you have to think. Uh, someone brought up, and it's really a stupid comment on Twitter that, uh, what's his name? Hylonen or whatever his name is. Uh, the Leafs friggin' prospect. Oh, there. so let me guess. Uh, a Leafs prospect got a couple of goals, and now he's. He has four better. goals to Kakinemi's two goals. So he's twice the player. So he's he's better than Kakinemi, even though this guy played seventeen games and Kakinemi has played eight. So... Did you know? Did you know that Victor Mete had more goals last year than Riley Morgan did? R- than, yeah, yeah. So that oh hey, Victor Mete me... is better than Morgan Riley. Victor Mete is better than Morgan Watt Riley because he scored two more twice as players Morgan Riley because he scored four goals to Riley's two. There you go. Bam. More goals than Riley, better player. And I don't even like Mete. I, and I'm not, I'm not doing this to be a jerk or a troll. I'm just using their own, sta- their own level of, uh, of standard, their own I, standards on player, de- uh, player development. So I want to go. know what the guys on offside hockey have to say about this, that Victor Mete is a better goal scorer than Morgan Riley. They'll probably say the same thing that we would about both this Kotniemi comment and the, the Mete stupid. comment, yeah, that they're dumb. Yeah. Yeah, they're dumb. Um, <laughs> but if everyone who was worried about Kotniemi coming in, <clears throat> guess what? Uh, the first – if you really would think about it, Kotniemi never had any really bad games. I wouldn't say he was dominating, but he's doing the little things right. He, he's playing the uh, – uh, Aaron uh, Apron Basu had a good article in The Athletic about Kotniemi, about how he – he doesn't think he's had a good game unless he produces. Uh, but in Finland so far, he's changed that kind of attitude just for the simple fact that he's not there to be their top scorer. He's not there to be the big fish in the little pond. He's there to work on his game to make himself better for the NHL. Yeah, he was given a list of things to work on. And he went there <clears throat> and he's been working on those little aspects of his game and solidifying what he did right in the playoffs. So he's working on his physical game which on the larger ice surface is not as easy to do. So that means he has to work on his skating a little bit more, which is another issue that he had. And he mm-hmm. seems to have been working on it because if you watch the games, he's moving really well. He's, it, it's, it's a more fluid motion with his skating. It's not as choppy. Uh, again, the stick is still too long. I know you, you agree with me on that. Yeah, it's way too long. Yeah, but whatever works for him. If, if that's how he's used to it, whatever works. So the biggest thing for me was his face-offs. And if you, if you follow Patrick Bexell, uh, uh, Zeb Habs, uh, he, he's at the games. He's watching every single one of his games and he's saying this face-offs are improving. I think the last game he had 61% face-off rate. So that bodes well for when the season finally does start whenever. January 1st, unless the owners start screwing over the players even more. But anyway. Which they are. Which they are. I'm oh, sorry. big time. You can argue about millionaires arguing about money, but it's no different than our jobs. It's the richer part of the company trying to take away from the non-richer part of the company so the richer part of the company makes more money. And that's what exactly is all about. Well, when you sign a contract. 
and then a, you try to rig nig on that contract. Yeah. <clears throat> You're screwing people over. Because the, yeah. the, the owners want to take more money yeah. for in escrow and more money in, in a clawback and than was already agreed on. For, yeah. And the, the th- everything was agreed on. So if this doesn't get worked out, you're going to see another lockout regardless. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's not what this show's about, but we can get into that in another show. Um, I just, but, I just want to say player solidarity, brother. Yeah. Uh, I'm with the players on this, which I normally am not, but. Uh, in this case. Yeah. Because you don't yeah. renege on a contract that was signed literally three a couple months, months ago. ago. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, the owners got to get their shit together. That's all I got to say. Oh, agreed. So uh, there's no easy way to segue away from that. But, uh, I mean, we, we talked about Caulfield and Cotton Yemi, two, two big pieces for the Canadians going forward, uh, if there's a season in the, you know, in the next two years anyway. And we could see Caulfield play this season. Hey, you never NHL know. Or age. You never know. You never know. But, uh, but I don't uh, think we should rush him. No. No, staying in the NCAA this year was a good idea. Perfect. You, you Once again, that? Bergevin had a good idea. No. No. He can, he can do no wrong. He can do no right. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. If, you're, if you look at it through Brendan Kelly's eyes, yes, he can do no right. I'd rather not. If you look at it through a realistic uh, Habs hockey fan, all right, yeah, he's doing right now. First five years, <laughs> eh, eh. Uh, now good no. job. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I can't say if he's doing right or wrong. Uh, he's he's nowhere to be found. Like I said, he's probably on a beach somewhere. I think he heard about the. He heard about me challenging him, and now he's scared. Just like that night in Dallas, he's seen me walking into the bar, and he got scared. I'm calling you out, Mark. I'm calling you out. I terrify you. He's seen the guy. That is. Yeah, seeing no. the Bergy arms on me and thought, damn, I got to run. He saw some guy dressed like a freaking security guard walking into a, a Ritz. And we thought, had on our, we had on our, oh no, salt and pepper. So I was going to yeah. say, I thought we had our whites. So I was going to say, no, no, that's a milkman, not a security man, but. Not going to take whites out on a trip like that. You'll destroy them. That, like you've never destroyed whites before, Blaine. Uh, I've done three <laughs> pairs in a single day once. New York. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that's what it is. He's scared. He, he knows I'm, he knows I'm after him. He knows I'm coming there. That must be it. I'm, I'm going to slam the Bergy arms down. The that's, 16 inch pythons are coming down on Mark Bergevin. Six, I just saw your flex. Where did you measure 16 inches? 16 inches. There's no Swear way. To, we is that a, that's a married 16 inches right there. We, we can do this on video. 16 inches. Buddy. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. You look, Hey baby, this is 16 inches. Like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. 16 honey. inches. All right. 16 <laughs> inches. When Tina says, Oh, you're totally right, honey. She's not doing that to be, you know, to, you leave to, Tina to out of this. Tina's Tina's not happy with me. So just leave it. No, that's <laughs> it's because you don't have your basement done. Done. I just got to put some finishing touches up like uh, baseboard and, couple other things well it's like christine bad at me because the vanity's not in yet it's only been 10 weeks it gotta show up doesn't it yeah and that's the thing (laughs) (laughs) maybe today maybe today i'll finally have that thing in maybe as she just wants a vanity because she's vain see what i did there no she wants it so she can put all her fucking hair products in the uh in the drawers and then leave me the small little corner Dude, I just put a whole new bathroom in and I still only have one little drawer in two bathrooms. You got a drawer? One, uh, the smallest one in the cab in the vanity. All of mankind now bows <laughs> to you in, the, in you getting some I, space. I, I can put my contacts and my toothbrush in it and that's about it. No, <laughs> you have that much space. I do. I don't have that. I don't even know where I can put my Manscaped bag with all my trimmers in it. I have no place to put it. <laughs> Shameless Brent. plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah, well. So I'm thinking we could talk about uh, moving on to uh, the Canadians again. Oh. Maybe we could talk about the Habs being a Habs show and all that. <laughs> Who? Who? Where? I know it's the off season. There's not a ton. But uh, what, about, uh, what about your article about defense? 
let's let's defense. Yes, I did an article for the hockey writers on defense and whether or not the defense improved. Now, mind you, they didn't really add anything. Uh, Edmondson and Romanoff basically are going to be the two biggest additions. uh, And by big, you mean physical. Physical. So if you want to look at the Habs defense and whether they improved or not, you can look at it two ways. Offensively, probably not. They're probably going to be about the same. Depending on what Romanov brings to the table, I but I don't see Romanov as this big offensive juggernaut. So we can't put a lot. Uh, we can't put a lot onto him. It's and I'm not. And I'm hoping he's third pair defenseman for most of the season. They don't just try to throw him into the wolves uh, like they did Mete and ruin his career. Yeah, those fourth round picks got destroyed mm-hmm. early. Well, they didn't get destroyed, but you know they're nothing great anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, but with the, uh, with the addition of Edmondson and the fact that they play a zone defense, which is what Edmondson played very well in, in St. Louis. So well, in fact, he helped them win a Stanley cup. Um, this team's going to be a hell of a lot better in their own end. Uh, the skating is very good. Edmondson's not a bad skater. He's not, he's not going to win any puck battles with McDavid, but, or uh, or foot braces with McDavid, but he has a he's at good speed. They all have pretty pretty good first passes. Romanov is going to bring you a little bit more uh, razzle dazzle in the end. He's going to be able to move the puck out, and you're going to have improvement by subtra- subtraction, meaning Mete is not going to be a regular top six defenseman unless he plays on the right side with Romanov, which could well, happen. who do you 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 got Edmondson coming in, you got Romanov coming in. Who do you see playing with Petrie? Because the Kulak-Petrie pairing was really good in the playoffs. but Kulak I, see has Ed, those... I see Edmondson to start. You see him there? I, I do. Only because I think that was kind of part of this signing him, that he would be at least start a top four minutes. I agree. I think Kulak's a better fit with Petrie. And I always thought he was. As long um, as he's not uh, you know, pulling his un... Uh, inconsistent play. I mean, he was... The the problem I have with Kulak, and I'm I'm a bit of a Kulak fan, when he makes a mistake, it leads to a goal. Almost every time. Yeah, it's a... It's a big... It's it's usually a big mistake. Even a small one. Even the small ones. If you watch the playoffs, anytime a goal was scored with him on the ice, it's because he either pinched in wrong or he was indecisive of what to do and he got caught flat-footed. That's my issue with Kulak. Edmondson's not going to do that. One, Edmondson isn't really going to pinch, especially when he got Petrie on his right side because Petrie's the, the offensive defenseman. Uh, the only thing is, is Kulak's faster than Edmondson. He, he can skate better than Edmondson. He's, you know, a little bit more of a puck mover, if you want to throw yeah. it there. Yeah, he can, he can carry a puck uh, a little he, bit more. He was, a, he was an offensive defenseman in, in, the, o, in the OHL or WHL? Where was he? Where, I think in, his, in juniors, yeah. In juniors, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, so I do see Edmondson start on the second pairing. I see it Sherratt, Weber, Edmondson, Petrie, and Romanov insert defenseman here, Kulak slash Met. I think it's going to be either Kulak or Mete. I don't think Brooke or Jules, Juleson's going to take – not Brooke, sorry, Fleury or Juleson's going to take uh, that spot just because they're right-handed. Now, with Juleson, I think it's a good idea that he plays in the, in the AHL the entire year. Just if, he doesn't get, if he doesn't get picked up on waivers. And I don't think he will. Uh, neither do I. But his injury history, I don't think anyone's going to take that chance. He'll go down to the AHL. He'll play a full year, get get re, uh, yeah, get back on get back yeah. on track. The flurry, on the other hand, that's one that's kind of yeah. He can go down to the minors without waivers, and yeah, he'll do great there. But I think he's earned a spot. I do. I agree. I just don't know where he's. Who's he going to? Is he going to take Kulak or is he going to take Mete out? He's not taking Romanov out. No, and, and that's the thing. Like he can take out either Kulak or or Mete. Definitely Mete. But then what's he doing? He's sitting in the press box most nights. And you don't want and, that either. Unless he can really outplay Kulak in the preseason, like to the point where they're like, "Yeah, he's going to be our right side defenseman." And yeah. then how comfortable you are with two rookies? I mean, but granted, Flurry has forty-one games, but he didn't play well enough in those forty-one games to sustain staying. He's still very young. He's still he's still Correct. immature def- as a defenseman in, in the NHL, and by that I mean young. But can, just, you imagine, can you imagine? Can you imagine a third pairing of Flurry and Romanov just cranking on people? 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> phrasing. Here's how, <laughs> here's how the defense is going to improve. The fact that, especially if they go to a Canadian vision, you're going to end up playing these teams like 11 times or whatever the hell it is. Uh, they're just going to wear the other. They're going to be scared to come into the zones because they're going to beat the shit out of them. Especially when you yeah. have a soft team like I, Boston. <laughs> I don't want to say because people are going to think I'm trolling, but it's actually true. Toronto. Toronto's forwards are soft. I'm sorry, their top four is soft. Yes, they add Simmons. Yes, they add Thornton, but they're going to play on the third and fourth lines. Well, that's who they would. That's who would face off on guys. That's like, who, uh, who would face Fleury and Roman. I'm talking Sherratt, Weber, Edmondson, and even Petrie. Your top four defensemen are going to hit, beat the shit out of you coming into your zone. And, and I think you just, you know, <laughs> segue here, nailed it on why uh, Bergevin went with the type of defense that he did. He's got he's got a lot he's got a size issue up front, or he did before he got jo, uh, Anderson and Toffoli. So up front, the Canadians are more known for their speed game, not their physical play. Yeah. On the back end, they did they were kind of lacking on size as well. And then in the last couple of years, he's picked up Sherratt, uh, Weber's back there. Petrie's an underrated physical player. Mm-hmm. He hits a lot. He does. He's he can play a physical game. He moves well, but he can play physical. Uh, then he adds Edmondson, who's a very physical player. Uh, Romanov, who's known for his hitting, he'll he should fit in well in there. Flurry, it he can knock him down. Juleson, uh, they drafted Gooley, who who plays that Weber style. So the Canadians have big, mobile, physical defense. They're not going to wow you with any offensive play, but they're going to clear the zone. They're going to make a first pass and they're going to punish the hell out of any forward that comes down into their zone on either side. And that will help the Canadians in the long run, especially if they make the playoffs. Cause you're going to get players. that are going to hesitate coming in. They're going to come in. They're going to go, do I want to go the left side or the right side? Who's going to tear me apart? Who do I want to uh, go up against is what's their question. And it's going to be indecisive coming in. I mean, you're going to have talent like McDavid's, the Matthews, the Tavares's. They're going to do what they're going to do. But if you put that in the back of their mind that, yeah, you can come in and try to do that, but you're going to get knocked on your ass. It's, it's a, it, it brings a whole different aspect to what you're going to do about your, about your game. Well, uh, you, and, you're looking at a Canadian division now, right? The, yeah. the talk is that we're going to put, there's going to be a Canadian division. There might be what, about 50, 60 games. So you're going to play each team a good six, seven, eight times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how long before Matthews, who's had two shoulder, massive shoulder injuries in his career so far, and he's what, 22, 23? How long before he takes a solid hit from someone like Weber or Edmondson or Sherratt and pops his shoulder out again? He's going to think twice. Yeah. He's not, he's not a stupid player. He, he knows – he knows where to go to score goals, but he also does not want to get injured long-term. So. Well, and, and again, I'm not trying to pick on Toronto, but your top no. four is soft. They're soft. I'm sorry. And this is why they went out <laughs> and got Simmons and Thornton. Yeah. Because they're soft. In Edmonton's case, I think their top players are a bit soft too. You just got to catch them. Um, well, I mean, Dreisaitl's a pretty big boy. He can he play physical. He's a big boy. McDavid, uh, I mean. But they have Cassian like the, who plays yeah. top six minutes or top. That's right. Plays on minutes, so he plays on McDavid's line. That's right. Uh, Calgary, they got some small soft forwards, so but they also know. have some size, they have some, they have some, some size. Toronto. I'm sorry, but Simmons and Thornton's not enough to for me. If you want size to help that top four, or top five, you need a guy that can play top six. Personally, I mean, we're getting I, off at Montreal and getting on Toronto here, but. Well, in a way, I mean, this is the Canadians' defense that are going to be causing problems for teams like Toronto. Um, so you're going to need, if you're going to match up with the Canadians' defensemen, who, granted, they're not, they're not the skating team like, uh, like, say, a Kale McCarr or a Quinn Hughes. They don't have defensemen like that. There's Romanoff a reason why. Could, Romanoff could be. Romanoff's a good skater. I mean, we all know he can skate backwards with the puck. We've just seen a video on that. <laughs> so, uh, I, 
The issue here, here's what's going to have to happen for the Habs defense, especially in their transition game and their breakout, is they're going to have to have the forwards moving their feet when the puck's coming to them. Too much yeah. last year, Weber and Sherratt and Petrie are trying to get the puck out to the blue line, and you have a guy like Drewan or Kotki and Emmy or a Domi or someone just standing at the blue line, not moving. And if he's not moving, that uh, forward for the other team or defender is just going to say, oh, I know, where the, I know exactly where the pass is coming. I'm just going to, you know. And then you, you lose the pass and you're pinned in your own zone. So, so you're, and you're right. You're 100% right. And Julian's <clears throat> system is, to, is set up to get away from that. His system, and he's had the same basic system. He's changed. He's tweaked it a little bit with the Canadians, but – his system hasn't really changed that much and it's still basic hockey. He works his, he works his groups as five man units. He has, he has his forwards coming down low to create short passing plays for his defenders. Mm -hmm. So Bergevin has gone out and has built a defensive unit to play the style of defense that Julian wants. So now Julian has absolutely zero excuses as to, well, this didn't work because player Y doesn't fit. They all fit. They all play that style. It's now on the coaching staff to get buy-in from the forwards to come down low and create those short passing plays. You have that first quick pass from a defender within a few feet. You have a second forward cutting through the, uh, cutting through the, through a different lane. He gets a second pass and he's off to the races. And then the whole five man unit moves up ice with them. That's, that's Julian system in it. it broken down to the most basic plays. Yeah. And like I say, you're, you don't have a, a flashy defenseman back there. You, you, you have puck movers. I don't care what anyone says. Petrie's a puck, a puck mover. Romanov can move the puck. Romanov's not going to score or move the puck like Subban did. Neither does Petrie. But they move the puck. They can move the puck. Kulak can move the puck. Matt Passes are puck movement. Yeah. Well, I, I'm talking a guy who can take the puck and yeah. get Mete. Mete's probably, and I hate to say this, but Mete is probably their best transitional defenseman. From what I've heard from Jason Paul, he's Jason also Paul. their top power play. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. His one assist in the 37 seconds average time on ice that he had on the power play, which makes him the highest producing per 60 player on the power play. Ryan Paling two years ago. <laughs> Had the highest goals per game in the league. <laughs> right? <laughs> and the highest shooting percentage. Stats in entire, don't lie. In the entire NHL two years ago. Stats don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> you and Jason Kampal can take your Victor Mete and shove him. <laughs> right in your face. No. Every Jason chance we get. Paul. Just tell Jason Paul that Suzuki's going to be a bust. See, see, see what happens. Yeah, his numbers. He's, he's not going to be a bust. He loves yeah. Suzuki, but thank you, Jason. I appreciate your support and helping me troll Treg. He trolled me. He just did that last. He trolled me with that last night. I know, and, and I, I had to look it. it up. I was like, "Wait a minute here." <laughs> I said, "I don't think Mete." I said, "If he's talking playoffs, because he did get playoffs. two points, he did get two points in the playoffs on the power play." So there you go. And Victor Mete scored more goals than Morgan Weil. Morgan Ryle. Morgan Riley. Ergo, he's a better defender than Morgan Riley. Uh, absolutely. That's how this works, right? You find any random thing and make that the end-all, be-all. I should be an Atlantics guy. There you go. When this guy um, plays at night with his mother watching the game, he's the best guy in the NHL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he scored one goal that one time. <laughs> hey, my son scored a goal last night with his mother in the stands. So... Don't underestimate the power of mom being there. That's right. Especially when mom's there, the sellies get that much better. I wish I had a mom. Well. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Damn, you didn't take the bait. Nope. Because we, we all know you were hatched. Where's the bearded wonder? This, this show's going to a disaster zone. <laughs> Matt was the one that kept this shit on the rails. So in honor of Matt, we're going to get back on the rails. Uh, we could talk about the expansion draft. It's going to be coming up in a, after this season. I, re I read an article about the expansion draft. Yeah, there's an article out there from the hockey writers about the Canadians and their expansion draft. 
written wasn't who wrote that anyway, it's a terrible it was a terrible article it was anyway. horribly horribly written <laughs> horribly written so biased unbelievably biased um yeah <clears throat> so why don't you go with that blaine and tell us what you think of the uh expansion draft and well and who we do you with... think is going to be chosen in the expansion draft well what do you think they're going to do do you think they're going to pick the uh the seven fours three defense one goaltender or are they going to go with eight skaters and a goalie like which system do you think i think they're going to go use? seven three and one that's what i think they're going to go that's what they did with the vegas and i think they're going to continue yeah. it on with this one and when you look at what they have up front versus on the back end it makes more sense that they want yeah. to protect three defenders and more forwards anyway yeah also, this way you get you protect ten skaters versus eight. And in all honesty, Montreal has players that they can afford to lose in the expansion draft. Uh, Paul Byron, um, yeah, Edmondson. I would prefer to lose Edmondson over Sherratt, but I mean Sherratt could go. Uh, I think Sherratt's going to be protected, but depends on how they feel about his contract because he'll only have a year left after the expansion yeah. draft. Um, you have uh, a price has to be protected. So Allen's on on the thing. I don't think Allen's going to go. I don't know. Uh, Personally, I think it's going to be someone like Byron or Armia or someone like that. Well, Armia is a UFA at the end of the season. So they could, him and Tatar, they don't have to sign them. They can say, Hey, little wink and a nudge, little handshake. You guys just wait here on the side. This way we don't have to protect you, and then we'll just re-sign you, and everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, teams can do that. I, I, sure. And the player can renege on that handshake if they want to and go somewhere else. But um, that, that's a possibility. I'm worried about Jake Allen going, though, to be honest. Uh, it's possible. Uh, I know they signed McNevin for – I don't, well, actually, I don't know why they signed McNevin. At first, I thought they signed him just to leave him open for the uh, for the expansion draft, but then they which signed Allen, be. which he would, but now they have Allen, so people are going to look, well, who am I going to take, McNevin or Allen? Yeah. Right? And with so, Allen, uh, Allen's contract at about 2.875 for the next two years. That's a good, no matter what anyone says, that's a pretty good contract. <laughs> Right. It is. It's a good contract for a backup, especially nowadays with the tandem goaltending uh, plan. Uh, An expansion team is more than likely going to go with the tandem goalies. And why wouldn't you want to go with uh, a a reasonable contract on a guy who has played as a starter and can give you a solid 30 games, 40 games? I mean, I guess it all depends on if they want Allen as a starter goaltender or if they want no. him as their backup. I would say no. Now, I hear rumors that Flurry may be going to Seattle in a deal with Vegas, but uh, yeah, it's just a rumor. Yeah, um, and and I think this draft, people were, were like, oh, okay, well, now the GMs have seen what Vegas did to fleece everybody. They're not going to let it happen again. I don't, I don't then, think there'll be as many moves or as many, I'll give you this first round pick so you don't pick, you know, these players. But I think um, it's, that's what's going to happen. The flat cap has caused a lot of problems. So teams are going to use draft picks, maybe prospects to get their way. Hey, I'm going to give you that first round pick if you take this contract, you know, like Toronto did to. Oh, so you're Carolina. saying differently, like take this big contract so I can get it off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying they're not going to do a lot of, I don't want you picking these guys. So how about we trade you this pick? You know what I mean? And then you kind of pick one of our shitty players type. Well, you, thing, you, know you get I mean? the same effect. You say, yeah. Hey, I'll give you this, these picks. If you pick this specific guy, which means all the guys you want to save are, are saved. Hmm. So it, it's six of one half dozen of another. Yeah. But I do think there's going to be a lot of those types of deals. And I think the Canadians are primed up and ready to make one of those deals. And I think Bergevin set it up that way. I yep. mean, I, I'm not trying to say Bergevin can predict the future, but the way he, the last three years, the way he worked this salary cap and this team set him up perfectly for this flat cap in the expansion draft. And that's, yeah, I can see that. I mean, he, I mean, he didn't know ahead. it was coming. He didn't know the, the flat cap was coming. And I think that's why he went out this year and started spending was because, well, you know, let's get these guys signed long-term now. So I have these contracts done. And once the flat cap's over, 
I don't have to worry about. But I mean, I'm sorry, but even with the flat cap over, I don't see the salary cap raising anytime soon. No, I mean, and the flat cap does change things, but I don't think you can... Every GM plans ahead two, three, four years. And oh, definitely. He was probably looking at it saying, okay, well, my young guys are going to probably be around here. I'm going to have flexibility for the expansion draft that he knew was coming. Yep, yeah. yep. So he may not have expected the team to be where it's at right now, maybe in another year or so, but he has the flexibility because of what he has done in the last three years. I think the playoffs changed a lot when they, they ended up, they're, 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 uh, especially Suzuki, the young guys playing the playoffs, I think changed his plan a little bit. I think he was leaning towards spending a little bit more money this year. Uh, but I think the play in the playoffs showed him that and the 96 point season and the fact that, I mean, I still feel a healthy Montreal team this year would have made the playoffs regardless. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, and I think they looked at it that way. And I think they were just like, listen, this team's almost there. We got to start moving. Because, I mean, we brought this up on another show a while ago. Bergevin's in a spot now where how long do you keep waiting? That's right. We talked about this. Like, all right, you have your team here. We had the 96-point season. We almost made the playoffs considering we were just starting a reset or rebuild. Uh, what happens the next season? And then he didn't really do anything to improve the team for the next season. So then we're like, well, how long do you hold this salary? How long do you keep waiting? When do you, when do you, how long do you stockpile the future yeah. and sacrifice like the now? What's the cutoff to say, oh, keep, let's look at the future. Let's look at the future. After 13 years of building, look at the future. Yeah. Look at all our great young people. Yeah. You're not, you're not building anything now. Now no, you're, you're just spinning you're, your you're, wheels. You're marketing a rebuild. Yeah. In perpetuity. You, yeah. That's all it is. It's just a marketing ploy. So do, are you using, are you building your team based on marketing? You know, you're selling, selling a rebuild or you're selling, we're going to compete or are you legitimately trying to build a team to compete. I think he was legitimately trying to build a team to compete. I think if it wasn't for this playoffs, we would have been a year away from doing all these big signings. I don't think he would have done them this off or did all these big moves this off season. If we didn't have the, uh, a, if we didn't make the playoffs or B, we didn't have the showing in the playoffs that we had. Um, but with what happened, I think he decided, you know what, this team's almost there. We got to stop, you know, looking at the future. We got to start building this contender now. And he probably listened to the show and knew that I said by 21, 22, he better shit or get off the pot. And here we are. And he, he clearly listens because as soon as you said something about an arm wrestling match. Disappeared. He went on holidays. He's like, I don't have to train for shit. Done. And he went on a holiday. And when he comes back, he'll just kick the shit out of you. He's scared, Blaine. Scared. 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 That's why Matt's not here. He's not working. He's just scared. Because he's tired of seeing our faces on this Zoom call. God damn it. Why are you flexing? Because <laughs> I know you love it. I almost took a gym selfie today, and I thought, no, nah, Blaine won't want me to take a gym selfie. I won't bother. No, but uh, Beth from Happy Hour might. Beth and Laura seem to like me, my uh, uh, topless pictures that I, I put out there. You know why? Because they show other people and they say, and then they laugh this is it. how not to do it. <laughs> and they laugh and laugh. And apparently I looked like I was tweaking my nipple when I was posing there with my, my shirt off. So it did kind of, I look at it. I was like, yeah, it does kind of look like I'm doing that. But Yeah, you need to work on that. So I'm think, never, I told him, never again, never again. With the amount of friggin' self, gym selfies you've taken, you think you would have this down pat by now? I haven't taken one in a long time. Mm-hmm. I haven't put one on the internet in a long time. How's that sound? Yeah. I've been to the Shearwater gym. I've seen pictures that you've posted. You've put scotch tape on and put up all over the walls around there. Just to, and you put them in the lockers. Like you open up a random locker, bam, there's a picture of Treg. <gasps> like, God damn it. Just for you, Blake. Yeah. That's why. I'm going to go over to Stad and do it next. <laughs> down at the, the, down at the gym, Dock Air gym. The Fleet, the fleet gym, gym, yeah. gym is now open for business. <laughs> We have showers and everything. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw 
all all the showers. <laughs> <laughs> the Atlantic bubble's working. We've got showers in our gym and everything. Yeah, we have gyms open. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> Wear a mask. Social distance. Don't anyway. leave random gym selfies in lockers because that's just weird. We're getting off topic, Blaine. If Matt yeah, was here, he'd be much, angry. Yeah, I think we're pretty much done. It's an yeah. off-season show. We've we've rambled. We've talked a little bit of hockey. Um, yeah, I think we we can end it there. Uh, so let, let me check online here, make sure there's no desperate no questions. questions. Yeah. No, nah, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Why do you do the gym selfies, Treg? It's so weird. Because Beth and Laura asked for them. That must be it. But so many people ask you not to. I have fans. I have to keep them entertained. They have to use my pictures to keep their friends entertained. I am here to help. It's a comedy. Com- hey, we movie. need a good laugh. <laughs> See? Works. I help depression. You know what helps depression? Having Matt around. Does. We miss you, Matt. So I know it seems like it's not a big extravaganza for the 100th episode, but that's not our style. We, uh, we, don't, we don't do that. And mostly because Matt disappeared on us. And, uh, and nobody wanted to come on the show. No, because you were here. They know about the arm wrestling, and they are, they're talking to Bergevin. Bergevin told them, if you go on that show, that's, that's it. The, that's it. That's it. All right. Mark, so, yeah. It's going down. So, we'll end it here. We'll, uh, <laughs> hashtag Bergie Arms. <laughs> hashtag Bergie Arms. I want to thank everyone for listening who've actually suffered through this entire episode. Uh, yeah. Send just us let us know comments. if you want Jim selfies and uh, shirtless pictures of me. Just just let yeah. us know in the comments. So the DMs on the uh, the Habs Unfiltered Twitter page are open. You can find us on Instagram at Habs Unfiltered. You can also email Habs Unfiltered at, at uh, Habs Unfiltered at Outlook.com. Feel free to send comments. Uh, we'll take questions. We, uh, we've, we haven't done a mailbag in a while, so maybe next week. I would love to nail some of these, uh, these questions down. It'd be great to have have more of you, you guys interacting with us because that's, that's the basis of the show is just a bunch of people talking hockey and just enjoying a pastime because in today's day and age with COVID, we need a distraction. And that distraction is sure as shit is not Treg's gym selfies. So please help me. Help me, please. <laughs> so, what you going to do when these pythons come down on you? Yeah, brother. Uh, after throwing up not much so uh, again thank you for uh, for listening and we will hopefully have you back next week see you next week love you Matt do you have a problem getting big city slams are you not getting the gains at the gym well don't mortgage your future on rental supplements get Bergie Arms Bergie Arms get you the gains you need Bergie Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergie Arms, Bergie Arms, Bergie Arms today. Not a real product. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want to loyalty, buy a dog. Hey, what's that over there? I don't know, man. It looks like a, it looks like a jockstrap. What, what's a jockstrap doing up in the concourse? I don't know. Let me check. It, it says C. Lindgren on it. Weird. Man, are you always getting digged out and losing your gear? If so, you should download the new app, GearFinder.com. We'll put microchips in all your gear. So when that guy digs you out on a simple play, you'll find your gear later. And not some dudes in the crowd. Hey, man, I should take this home to my wife. She might like it. Maybe she can find your gear, too. Well, we'll download the app, and we can help Charlie Lindgren out. (laughs) Yeah, help me! Yeah! Throw it over, guys! Gearfinder.com For all your lost gear needs.
that concludes another episode of Habs Unfiltered. We would like to thank all our listeners, old and new, for joining us. We hope you were informed and entertained. And always remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.